Happy Sunday, Shoreline City. Glad everyone is with us today. Incredibly excited. Hey, we are one church, four locations, and not only do we have White Rock, and we have Oak Cliff, Bishop Arts, which we love so much, and North Dallas, which we love, but also Antigua, Guatemala is with us today as well. So I love that we all get to be together. It's beautiful what technology allows all of us uh, to do. So to all of our campuses, we love you so much. Hey, I got some exciting news about our North Dallas campus, too. We actually have found a brand new place to meet, and we are thrilled about this. We have appreciated the Sandman Hotel. It's been wonderful, but we are excited about the next spot that we are going to. We'll have our own space, can make it like we want to make it on Sundays, and it's another facility there in the Frisco Plano area. It's actually a dance studio, so we went there this past week, four grown men going to check it out and it was fun to walk into a little ballet class. Uh, but I had a great, great time. The owners are wonderful people. We think it's going to be a great, great partnership. So that's on the horizon there. Please tell all of your friends in the, in the North Dallas uh, area and to our North Dallas family, we love you a ton. Best days are still ahead. I'm so, so excited about the future. It is, uh, I want to celebrate fathers for just a second as well. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. It was Father's Day in Antigua uh, last week, uh, so here we are, get to celebrate dads. Just thank you, dads, for being awesome and being wonderful and being uh, who you are. But we've been in this series, okay, been in this series, uh, this collection of messages on the book of Colossians, and we started this last week, okay, so just began it. So if you're with us for the first time, you're jumping in at the perfect time. If you want to catch up with us, you can go back to our YouTube or podcast and, and listen to what we talked about last week, but, but this week we're going to continue continue on, and I pray that your heart is ready because I think God has something wonderful in store for every single one of us. If you are with us today at any of our locations, just know God has you here for a reason, for a purpose. You're not here on accident. So today's going to be a day of transformation for sure, but a quick um, recap, if you will, on the book of Colossians. We talked about this last week. Colossians is one of the most arrogant of all New Testament books, okay? It is a wide receiver, if you will, in the NFL of New Testament books. It is, I'm the best, I am awesome, I am wonderful, and the book is not saying that about itself. It's talking about the supremacy of Jesus Christ, that there is no one bigger, no one better than Jesus, that he is fully sufficient in and of himself to bring salvation and hope and life together. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. As one of my buttons comes undone here, and I'm not trying to share that kind of, we're not that kind of church. I don't even know what that kind of church is, but uh, we're, not, we're not doing that today. Honey, that's just for you. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse number 6 and 7. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted, built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Uh, the title of today's message is Jesus for President. Jesus for President. Um, there are uh, some things, if you ever go to a, a party with your coworkers, 
um, maybe not so much with your friends, but definitely with your coworkers or you, you go to an event and you don't know a lot of people and it can be a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, and, and you walk into the space, you're trying to figure out, okay, well, what do I talk about? What do I talk about? And there's some things you can talk about. We all know this. You, you can talk about sports, right? NBA Finals, Copa Cup, uh, World Cup going. You can talk about all those kind of things. Sure, sure. Talk about sports. Uh, you can talk about the school that you went to. Well, school, no problem at all. Oh, yeah, I went here. I, I dropped out there. I still need to finish up here. Uh, this was my major. I had 17 different majors, uh, but now I decided I'm going to just be, I'm going to be, I don't know, whatever. And, and that's, that's the, the path I was on. You share your story. You can talk about that. You can talk about your kids. Talk about your nieces, your nephews. Uh, you can even pull up Instagram, talk about weird, funny videos that you saw, of, you know, some cat doing something dumb. or so. you, you can do all of that. But one thing you don't talk about in a party is politics. You don't bring up politics. Okay, because once you bring up politics, you all automatically create a divide in the room. Okay, is everybody with me here? It, you, you create a divide. And if you were to say something, because Guatemala, uh, we just had an election uh, down there as well. So Guatemala just had an election in the States. We're preparing for a presidential election and other elections that have gone on. So if, if you were to say in Guatemala, in Dallas, in whatever part of the world you were in, if you were to ever say at a party, out loud, I love this president. You would have some people that go, yeah. You know, some people that go, I'm going to kill you and I hate you. <laughs> You'll have people on both sides of the spectrum, no matter really where you are in the world. It's just something you do not bring up. Well, what does that have to do with the text that we're looking at today? You see, the Roman government is managing, governing, um, depending on your perspective, oppressing the people of God. The children of Israel, these, this, this group of people that have been picked by God, the Roman government has come in and is dictating so much of their lives. And they've given them some freedoms here. But, but this oppression, this management, this governance, it is, it's taken over the Jewish people. And the Jewish people are not excited about this. But, but they just figured out a way to kind of make it work. But, but here are these Gentiles, these unclean people that are ruling them. And with these, this Roman government, there is a leader. His name is Caesar. And Caesar is the one that runs the Roman government. And because he does, there are some other things that come along with being Caesar. People worship you when you're Caesar. As a matter of fact, they would ask Christians in the early church to say this about Caesar. Say, Caesar is Lord. Caesar is in charge. Caesar is boss. Caesar is the one that's holding everything together. Caesar is almighty. Caesar will last forever. Caesar is above all, before all, after all. Caesar is the one whom we are looking at. And, and the Christians were asked to say this. So now when you and I are reading in Colossians chapter 2, verse number 6, and it says, I, I want you now, uh, since you've received Christ 
Jesus as Lord. The apostle Paul is writing here and he's saying, there is someone who's in charge, but it's not Caesar. There's someone who's all powerful, but it's not Caesar. There is someone who will last forever, but it's not Caesar. There is someone whose kingdom will reign on and on and on and on and on, but it's not Caesar. There is someone who is supreme and there is someone that holds everything together, but it is not Caesar. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you who the one that holds everything together and the one that is supreme and the one whose kingdom will never, never end. His name is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. He is Lord. It's a subversive, almost political statement. We're saying, let me get in there with what the Roman government has been trying to feed us for years and let you know, no, my friends, it does not start and stop with Rome. It does not start and stop with government. It starts and stops with Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. I want to encourage you, please be involved politically. I want to encourage you, make sure you vote. No matter what campus you are a part of, what community you're in, make sure you vote. That is your voice that you have been given. But please understand this. When you and I become a follower of Jesus, our hope is not ultimately in our government. Our hope is not ultimately in our political leaders. Once you and I become followers of Jesus, the cross of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us is the thing that makes and breaks our lives and the nations and the world because every single nation will end one day. But there is a kingdom that will never end. And since the Roman government has died and other, other governments have come and gone, the kingdom of God is still ruling and reigning and still above all. I just want to make sure we keep things in its proper perspective. So yes, be engaged, and yes, do your best, and yes, make the biggest difference in the world you possibly can. But please understand, there is no vote that you can give bigger than you getting on your knees and crying out to God and asking him to move heaven and earth. I'm telling you, that's the best vote you could ever cast. So with that being said here, he says, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, you've received, you've received, you've received Christ Jesus as Lord. The word uh, in the original language kind of paints a picture of someone aggressively taking something. H have you ever, um, ever had someone try to give you food and you're not hungry? You know, you, you, go, you go to your, your grandma's house, your abuelita's house, you, you, go, you go there, come, 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 eat, eat, no, eat, 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 eat. You look bad. You look bad. Eat, 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 eat. And if, if that's not your grandmother or you go to a friend's house and that's how their mom or their grandmother is and you're like, oh, but I'm not, I'm not hungry. It does not matter if you are hungry or not. There is food to be eaten and you will eat it and you will eat it now. And you'll be rolled out of that place. And we, of course, appreciate that hospitality. But, man, when somebody is trying to give you food and you're not hungry, you're like, where am I going to put this? I wish I could put it in a purse or I wish I could give it to a dog or a cat. Because saying I'm full just does not work at all. But, but when you're hungry, man, you'll eat almost anything. I mean, 
You'll go to any street vendor, you'll go to any store, you go to any market, and you'll grab whatever you, if you're hungry enough, you will eat anything. You'll take anything. That's actually why some of us are dating some of the people that we're dating right now. We're just so hungry that we'll take whatever's being offered because they are better than being single. Yeah. I don't like them either. I don't like them. (laughs) But I'm but I'm hungry. <laughs> no, I'm not bringing them home. I'm just hungry. <laughs> Let me get off of that right now. That's, some of you guys, you don't know my situation, okay? You don't know what I've been walking through. It's been a hard season for me. <laughs> if you're hungry enough, if you're hungry enough, you'll, 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 you'll take anything. He's saying, just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, just, I, I want you, uh, there was a day you understood your, your physical, not just physical, but more your spiritual condition. You understood that you needed a Savior. Since you understood that, it was when, when, when we shared the gospel with you, this beautiful message, you were like, yes, 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 I want this. The problem that we have in our day and age, whether you are in North Dallas or Oak Cliff or you're in East Dallas or wherever you may live in Guatemala, the problem we have in our day and age today is people don't think they're hungry. They don't think they have any sin. I got issues. Not sin. (laughs) Issues. Everybody's got issues. Sin, whoa, you're saying there's something wrong with me? And the reality is, yeah, we're saying there's something wrong with you. And there's something wrong with me. And this poison of sin has infected all of humanity. But the God of heaven did not say, deal with it on your own. What the God of heaven did is said, hey, I love and I care for these people so much, my creation so much. These are my sons and my daughters. And I see the guilt and I see the shame and I see the condemnation that they are walking in. I see what is on their shoulders. I see how the enemy of their soul is attacking them. I see where they are headed. And I'm telling them, I don't want to live eternally apart from them. I am so for them. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get on a cross myself. I'm going to come down and I'm going to take their sin, their shame, the sins they did on accident and the sins they committed on purpose. I'm taking all of them and I'm putting all those things on me and every bit of shame, every bit of condemnation, every bit of guilt, every bit of brokenness, all of it. I'm taking it on me and I'm going to get in a grave and it's going to look like it's over. Then I'm just going to start counting backwards from three, three, two, one. And then when, when I hit one, I'm coming out of that grave and I'm coming out of that grave with might and with power. And I'm coming out of the grave to let all of humanity know that they're coming out of the grave as well. That you don't have to stay dead in your trespasses and sins, but the God of heaven made a way for all of us to come to new life in Jesus. This, my friends, is the beauty of the gospel. And when the Colossians heard this, they said, yes, I want all of that. I receive that. I take that aggressive I'm hungry right now. I need a savior. And if I don't have a savior, I am lost. But the good news is humanity. You don't have to be lost. The savior is here for every single one of us. And his arms are open wide and his love is real.
So they've received, they're like, yes, 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 I want this, I want this, I want this. And, and now, now since you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, I want you now also to continue in him. You see it? You see it? I want you to, I want you to continue to live your lives in him. Continue to live your lives in him. You see, we receive in a moment, but you continue for a lifetime. Okay? You see, you see, you see the difference? You, you received in a moment, but you continue for a lifetime. Um, some of us might remember the day that we gave our hearts and our lives to Christ. Remember that day we surrendered and said, Jesus, you can have it all. And maybe we were a kid or maybe we were in college. Uh, maybe it was as an older adult, but we remember the moment. We said, God, uh, I don't want to go my own, my own way anymore. I want to go your way. We remember that. That's the receiving. That's, that's the taking a hold of. That's saying, man, uh, I, I, I want to be saved. I want to be made new. I want to give the keys of my life over to God. Remember that. Beautiful moment. But just receiving is not what God has called us to. He calls us to also continuing in him. Now, I want to make this really, really clear. This is just an insertion that I think is very, very important uh, for our entire church family at all of our locations. Understand, we do not preach a gospel that you can lose your salvation. We do not believe that. We do not believe that you can be grafted into the hand of God and then taken out of the hand of God. My children are my children, okay? I've got three of them, and they will be my kids forever. I will always be their father, whether they are good or whether they are bad. They are always my kids. They can be the smartest, and they can be the, the most foolish, but they are still my kids and I don't care where you are in your spiritual journey once you have given your heart and your life to Jesus you are forever his child you might be a dumb child but you're his child <laughs> so I've received but now the continuing that's what trips a lot of us up what does it look like to continue? I asked myself that question. What does it look like to continue in him? So I just started down three things. You probably later this week can think of even more things um, to, think, to, to paint a picture of what it means to continue in him. It means, I think, one, you are living your life to please him. Two, not only are you living your life to please him, but you have the scent of love all over your life. And number three, you actually have an appetite, a hunger for the things of God. Now, maybe I'll go through these backwards real quick. Number three, if, you have, if you're listening to this message at any point in time in your life, you, you, have, an, you have a hunger, okay? It might even be a small one, but you got one. Because if you don't have any appetite, why in the world would you be listening to this tall, bald, black guy talk about all this God stuff? No reason to do it. You got a hunger. There's something in you that's saying, hmm, I'm interested. Well, second one, love is all over your life. I do not know how this happened. But somehow, we made a delineation between being a follower of Jesus and being a loving person. I don't see it in the Bible. 
I don't see it in how Jesus Christ lived his life. If you're going to be a follower of Christ, love is like a non-negotiable. Anyone that says, man, I, I, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I hate you. Mm-mm. Doesn't work. Over and over and over and over we see in Scripture, that doesn't line up. You ever met those Christians? They're just mean, but they're Christians. It's like, man, Lord, they're really a bad representative of who you are. Just take them. I would just, if I was you, I'd just take them and we'll be, Lord, we'll be fine. We'll be, we're going to miss them a little bit, but you just take them because they're hurting what we're trying to do here. <laughs> Don't pray that prayer. Don't pray that prayer. <laughs> you, you, you see some people and you're like, what? Ah, I'm following Jesus too. And we don't sound the same at all. Now, I get this, different people that have different flows. I, I get that. I, I love that we're the body of Christ. It's a beautiful potpourri that we all don't have to be the same. I, I, I love that. I love that. I love that different tribes, tongues, languages. I love all of that. But when it comes to love, this is a common denominator for all Christians, okay? I, I, I find it fascinating that, that people who were sinners were drawn to Jesus, but they're repelled by the church. Hmm. Well, what kind of sense does that make? If we are here as Christ's representatives, shouldn't those that Jesus drew all those thousands of years ago be drawn to the place and the people that are his followers? I was, uh, this is one of the things I like about Shoreline City, actually. I like, I like how many sinners we have. Okay, let me just say it. I just like, I'm talking about all of y'all. Okay, I'm talking about myself too. I, I, I like that. I like that we have people that are like, mm, I don't know if I believe. I don't know. But I like it here. I like it. I don't know all the songs. I don't know why people are lifting their hands and stuff. And I don't know why people keep talking back whenever the person's talking. I think they're so rude. Why they keep saying, like, that's good and amen. And it's like distracting and weird and stuff. But But that's how we're going to do it. That's how we're going to do it. I'm fine with it. Okay. I, I like that. I like that we have people here that come high. Come on, North Dallas. I know you know what I'm talking about. Oak Cliff, for sure. Oak Cliff, you know Oak Cliff. <laughs> I like that we have people that come high. I was at the gym the other day. I'm not kidding you, okay? I'm just trying to go get a quick workout, and the guy's like, oh, pastor, pastor. I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Honey, it's going to be a minute. It's going to be a minute. I'm so sorry. I was just trying to get in and out real quick. No, no, I, I will stop and talk every time. And I'm like, hey, hey, what's up? He's like, I got baptized at Shoreline City. And I'm like, man, congratulations. I'm so excited about this. It was so beautiful. I'm getting to hear his story. And he's like, man. I come to church high. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you came, man. I'm so glad you came. 
He's like, yeah, yeah, but I would, I would come high. I will come high. But honestly, I really got, I, it got dark for me. It got really dark. And I actually wondered about killing myself. I remember one Sunday I came and I was thinking about killing myself, but uh, I thought going to church would take away those thoughts, but, but it didn't. I felt good being there, but I left and I still was, ha- I was having the thoughts. I obviously didn't do it because I'm here, but I just kept coming. I just kept coming. I just kept coming. I just kept coming to church. I just kept being around the people. I just kept listening to the music. I kept hearing the words that you were sharing, and I just was like, man, man, there's something more. And now I just got baptized, and I give my life over to Jesus, and I'm so excited. We're in the gym, and he's like crying. He's like swole, too. You know, one of those guys are like, man, what are you doing? And he's like, I work out. I know. I can see it. He's just talking about, man, we're crying in the gym. Then he's like, but now I'm even, I'm tithing now. I'm t- I started tithing. I'm like, wait, how do we go from you being high to you tithing? He's like, oh, yeah. Man, I made more, I'm a real estate agent. I made more money this last two months than I made all of last year. It's like God all of a sudden, I started giving and God keeps giving back to me. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on here. I don't even, I didn't do it for that. I just did it to be faithful. And he keeps on being good. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Keep on coming. But I like that he, they smelled love. Smelled love. You, we don't have to change people. Just so you know, we don't have to change people. The Holy Spirit does that. The Holy Spirit changes people. I don't have to change anyone. All I do is share the truth in love. And then I allow the grace of God to work in people's hearts and change them to who he's called them to be. So if you are a follower of Jesus, okay, please remember the time when you started following him, but you still held on to some stuff you knew you shouldn't have been holding on to. Okay, don't get so holy that you forget when you're like, yeah, but I got to This is a security blanket for me. I'm going to trust him with my salvation, but not my money. Mm-mm. I'm going to trust him with my heart, but not my sexuality. Nope, nope, you can't have that. I'm going to trust him with my soul, but not my past. I got to hold on to that. I want to be a victim for a little bit longer. But you know what? The grace of God still carried you and brought you to the place you are right now. And the glorious hound of heaven, his name is the Holy Spirit, will keep on coming after you and knocking on your heart. And God is so good. He knows how to tear down walls and strongholds in people's lives to have their eyes open. We just share the truth and love. We allow God to do what God has always done. Live to please him. I don't have time to talk about that one. Think about that one yourself. I want to go on. I want to go on to some other ones I want to talk about here, okay? Because he then, he then says, a rooted, that's right, rooted and built up in him. Rooted and built up in him. Rooted and built up in him. Rooted, uh, get the picture in your mind. So when I'm reading the Bible, I try to get the picture. I'm trying to feel it. Rooted, it, you, you can see You can feel, you can picture the roots underneath the soil. So now the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, the person who's in him, there's something going on underneath the surface, and there's something going on being built up on top of the surface. There are things happening in both places. It's not one or the other, it's both and. And both are in him. Rooted, rooted, rooted in him. What does it mean to be, what does it mean to be rooted? If you're going to talk about being rooted, you're going to have, start having things underneath 
the, the surface, uh, we just had this crazy storm in Dallas. Uh, it was, you know, crazy uh, last week, man. It was, it was wild. And even during our fourth service, like the power went out and everything, um, which can happen in, at our Antigua campus a number of times, too. Power can go out down there without a storm. Uh, so we, are, we, we, we had all the power out, but it was crazy in Dallas. I started thinking, why did some trees fall over and others didn't? What, 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 what's, what's the difference there? And I started doing some study, and there could be a whole bunch of reasons about, like, branch union and, and, and wood decay and all this kind of stuff. But one thing for sure, a shallow root system or a dysfunctional or a bad root system will knock the, even the tallest tree over. So it's possible to be really tall but to have really bad roots. So that's why you just can't look at a person on the outside and go, oh, they must be all of this. You get to know somebody a little bit more and go, okay, that eHarmony profile might not be all to you. Built up, built up. Whenever you're building something up, the taller you go, the, the stronger and deeper the foundation needs to be. You know this about buildings. You cannot do a weak, shallow foundation and still have a really, really tall building. This is just really practical. You know this from school. This is not rocket science here, but for whatever reason, we disconnect this part from our very lives, our spiritual journey. Please understand, you and I are called to be rooted and built up in him, not rooted and built up in the economy, not rooted and built up in the school that you went to, not rooted and built up in your ethnicity, not rooted and built up in the first language that you speak, not rooted and built up in in and of your own identity. You are rooted and built up in him and everything else falls in the line as you and I understand that he gets first in our lives. Rooted and built up in him. Luke chapter 6, I believe it is, verses 46 and 47. Uh, it says, whoever, Jesus says, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man or a wise woman who built their house on the rock. They dug down deep and they built their house on the rock so that whenever the storms came, because they are coming, because problems come, struggles come, tragedies come, but whenever they do come, whenever the storms come, that house did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. It was built in him. Just trying to paint a picture for all of us here. You and I get to build our lives in and on something. Your marital status, that's your spouse. That's not the place to root and build up your life. Yes, they are a support. Yes, they can be a strength. Yes, they can be an asset. Yes, they are a gift. All of that stuff. But for you and I to be rooted and built up in our spouse, we're putting pressure on them that God never designed for them to have. They can't carry that. That comes from God. Rooted. And built up in him, uh, let me get done here, strengthened in your faith as you were taught, strengthened in your faith as you were taught, strengthened in your faith as you were taught. Can I, 
I, I love the day and age we live in. It's a glorious one. It's a beautiful one. We even get to now, I mean, we've got four locations and we all get to be connected together and talking together. I mean, it's beautiful now how we all get to, it's like this one big family and we're all over the place. I love what technology has allowed us to do. I love what our day and age is allowing us to do, but there's some things that are happening in our day and age that are also, uh, I think, a little bit, um, it, it's, it's hurting our spiritual development. Because in today's day and age, um, there's a lot of biblical illiteracy. And, and it's okay if you're there, because some folks, I'm even talking about Colossians, and I'm like, wait, Colossians, they don't know the names of the books of the Bible. We, 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 I could say Christ's disciples. We're still trying to figure out what disciple means, and all of that is fine, because we're all somewhere. Just so you know, there's even parts of the world that don't even have a Bible. That you actually, you, you actually are in trouble with law enforcement if you're found with one. Okay? They don't have version Bible app on their phone. It's, it's illegal in their country. But, but the problem is when you have biblical illiteracy and you couple that with a lack of intimacy with Jesus and with others, like you're, you're not, your, your relationship with Christ is not strong and you're not like in any community. There's no connect groups. Like we're talking about launching at all of our locations for the summer and making sure we're all in community and getting to know each other. And you don't have any of that. My friends, it leads to dysfunctional ministry. Not ministry like Sunday morning. I mean, ministry as in you and I are the hands and feet of Jesus everywhere we go. Whatever business you are in, whether it's a law firm, whether it's a small business, whether it's a Fortune 500 company, whatever it might be, that is your ministry. That is your place. That is where you go to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You don't do that just on Sunday. You continue in him. That's not just a Sunday thing. It's an everyday thing. So now when you go to your job or to your neighborhood or to your community, it's dysfunctional because we don't have any literacy when it comes to theology no connection and intimacy with Christ or it's small and then we don't have any connection with other followers of Jesus that can push us forward so I wanted to help with the biblical illiteracy piece uh, you know I try to do that on Sundays obviously but there's, there's a website I want to encourage you to go to it is called thebibleproject.com thebibleproject.com it's awesome. Write it down. Thebibleproject.com. You can go to thebibleproject.com. It's all free. Just go there. They have all these videos about all this stuff that will help you understand and help me understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus and what the gospel of Mark is about and why Matthew was written and what is this thing about Corinthians and I mean, there's even this thing on there now about, like, demons and stuff. Don't get all into all that, like, oh, I can't wait for that one. Some of you are really dark, and you, like, can't wait. to like, Oh, I love demons. I love demons. Okay. Praying for your soul. <laughs> but there's all this information on there, and it's so much fun because it's like cartoons. So I like it, okay? It's really, really easy to understand, really, really easy to follow, but it's very, very theologically sound, and it will work on our minds being renewed not just our emotions being touched. Okay, I'm all done here. Overflowing with thankfulness. Not overflowing with pride. Not overflowing with fear. Not overflowing with complaining. Not overflowing with 
doubt, not overflowing with insecurity, not overflowing with any of these things. The thing that the Apostle Paul is encouraging us and God through the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to overflow with is thankfulness. I want thankfulness oozing out of every single pore of your body. And if you want to grow in intimacy with God, I actually think you and I ought to grow in gratitude. When you grow in gratitude, I think you grow in intimacy. When you begin to thank God for the things you need and want to thank him for you, you it's it's amazing what begins to happen in your heart and your life but if you'll pause i was even thinking just this week just this week could we just pause and instead of complaining for one week give me matter of fact some of y'all just one day one day no complaining that day what we're going to do on that day is we are going to give thanks for everything i'm going to give thanks for my hearing i'm going to give thanks for my sight i'm going to give thanks for my shoes i'm going to give thanks for my shoes even though i have one pair of shoes and i there's other shoes online that i want to get but i can't get them right now i want to say i want to say thanks for the house that i have i want to say thank you for the bus that i'm able to drive and one day i'm going to be so thankful that i had the bus when god blessed me with the car i want to say thank you god that you've given me an apartment i want a home but i can't wait for that home but now i thank god for this home and even though it's not the home that i want i'm just thankful that i have the home that i have i know we need another bedroom in this house but right now we have these two bedrooms so i'm just thankful that we have these two bedrooms and one day we'll have four but right now we have two so i'm just thankful that we have these two i'm thankful that i get to put the same clothes on my back day after day after day after day after day after day after day matter of fact i'm thankful that i get to walk into a closet and i get to complain about all the clothes that i have here I'm thankful, I'm thankful that I have food in my refrigerator. I'm thankful that even though my wife or my husband won't ever cook for me, I'm thankful that I have a wife or a husband that I can complain about that, don't ever, that doesn't ever cook for me. I want to say thank you, God, for the glasses that you gave me. And I know my prescription is a little bit out of date, but it just reminds me that you've been good and you've been faithful. And there were some times that I thought you had forgotten about me, but you provided for me. So thank you, God, so much that you keep on making a way. And even though right now I'm not where I want to be, I'm just going to say thank you that I'm not where I used to be. Because if I look look back five years ago I know my life was in complete ruins but you brought me all the way to this moment God I want to say thank you that you brought me to the school that I went to because I never even thought I was going to get into that school but then not only did you get me into the school then you gave me favor at the school and then you give me a job after that school God I don't know how good you can possibly be but you keep being better and better and better and better God I cannot believe this woman still in the bed next to me because our marriage almost ended thank you so much that you slapped me upside the head and you brought us back together so now our kids don't have to grow up in two separate homes thank you 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 I'm overflowing with thankfulness I wonder what it would look like I just wonder I just wonder what it would look like I just wonder I wonder what it would look like if we started overflowing with thankfulness Next time you see yourself going to complain, just come on. Okay, okay. God, thank you. This coworker, oh, they get on my nerves. 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 Uh, thank you that I'm not a jerk like them. Thank you, God. Does that, does that work, God? Does that work? I think it works. I think it works. Thank you. That overflowing. I almost titled this message, are you full of it? But I thought that'd be inappropriate, so people would be offended, so I did it. Thank you. This, my friends, is what I want to mark every one of our lives. 
thankfulness will impact your gratitude. It impacts your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health. God knew what he was doing long before psychology today ever came out. He knows what will be happening in your heart. If you wouldn't mind, though, friends, bow your heads at all of our locations just for a moment. If you're under the sound of my voice right now, I'm going to invite up leaders and campus pastors right now for a moment just so that we can uh, have this, just this time of, of contemplation and reflection and thinking about where we are with God. If you have never given your heart and your life to Christ, you've never made him first. You've never made him number one. If you're honest with yourself right now, you would say you're on the driver's seat of your heart. Christ is not. And you're here today or at any of our locations, you're saying, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. I'm going to ask you to do something simple but something incredibly bold. On the count of three, I just want you to shoot your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just shoot your hand in the air at all of our locations. You're saying, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Christ. I don't want to go my own way. I want to go his way. This is beautiful. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.